0: Are we done? You turned off my lights. Oh, thanks. I do have a face for radio. I get it. So We're going to continue our, our study of Acts this morning. We're going to be in Acts chapter 13, right at the end of the chapter. And, and, and it's going to tie back to where we left off. Where we left off, Paul had, had just kind of done an invitation or a commitment time, like we do at the end of every service we have. We have this invitation or commitment time. And, and Paul's kind of done that and said, you have a choice. Make your choice. Make a choice between believing in Jesus and, and all of your history making sense, culminating in Jesus, or choose against, reject the gospel, choose against the gospel, and reject really all of God's work through, through his people, all through history. And so that's kind of where we land this morning, is right after that. And, and what we see this morning is different responses to the word of the Lord. As it, 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 you, You'll see as we read these, these verses, the word of the Lord is said a lot. And so we're gonna, you're, you're going to see the different responses to the word of the Lord, and I think that we have these same responses today. I think within with, within a, a, any group of people, you're going to have these same responses to the word of the Lord. So let's read Acts chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 42. And it, again, it is up here behind me. As they were leaving, the people urged them to speak about these matters the following Sabbath. After the synagogue had been dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who were speaking with them and urging them to continue in the grace of God. The following Sabbath, almost the whole town assembled to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what Paul was saying, insulting him. Paul and Barnabas boldly replied, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. Since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we are turning to the Gentiles. So this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the end of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they rejoiced and honored the word of the Lord. And all who had been appointed to eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited the prominent God-fearing women and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their district. But Paul and Barnabas shook the dust off their feet against them and went on to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So let's consider this, and again, let's talk first about the context in the context, Paul has just finished this sermon that he's, that he's tied the history from the Exodus all the way up through the, uh, the, uh, the history of Israel all the way up through culminating in Jesus. Jesus is the point. It was the point of all of history up to, this, uh, up to him, and it still is, and so he's, he's, uh, he's made this point, he's done his invitation or commitment time, again, like we do at the end of a service, and then they, 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 they receive these people that, that say, come back. Come back next week. We're fascinated by what you have to say. Come back. Come back and talk next Sabbath as well. So in the, in the responses to the sermon of Paul, we see the responses really in these people of, to the Word of God. The Word of God separates, and, and, we, and, and, it, and we have different responses to it, and we see those in these people. The first one is kind of a, a mental or surface acceptance. Now, in verses 42 and 43, the Jews and the Gentiles that were converted to Judaism, they're excited about the gospel. They want to hear it more. Paul, Barnabas, come back and tell us more next week. They're following them around. And Paul says continue in the grace of God. What does he mean by that? I think he means that, that continuing in the grace of God means that we continue to grow in faith, to continue to grow in our, in our faith and belief because these same people are going to be the ones that, that, are, that are later attacking the messenger and, and, and stirring up strife. It's the same people. They didn't continue in the grace of God. Continuing in the grace of God means to to continue to build your faith. I, I say it, I've said it so many times from this pulpit, but I'll say it again. This, the Word of God, was not meant to inform you. It was meant to transform you. And so that transformation needs to happen. And so every time we encounter the Word of God, we need to be transformed by it. We need to be challenged and comforted. We, needed, we need to be transformed. Continuing in the grace of God is continuing to see your, your history as God's story. These folks, that now these are Jews and they're Gentile com, converts to Judaism. So what they need to do is exactly what we saw Paul have to do. He now has to reorient everything he knows about God around Christ around Jesus the Messiah that's what Paul is telling them to do continuing in the grace of God means to to continue to grow in your faith I think everyone here knows somebody who has made a mental or a surface commitment to Christ they got excited about the gospel at one point they said that, that they accepted the gospel and then nothing happened from there nothing happened their life was not transformed. They were not changed. They made no effort to follow Jesus after that. They didn't continue in the grace of God, as Paul urges them to do here. The Word of God cannot transform you if you don't let it. If you read it as, a, as an informational book, as something about history, as if you read it in an so that you just want to know, um, you, you just want, want to use it against somebody else, or you just want to, to, to know what it says, you need to be transformed by it. Every, every time we encounter the Word of God, we encounter God. And we need to be transformed by that encounter. They were not. They did not continue in the grace of God They had a a mental or a surface or a superficial acceptance of the facts about Jesus. The facts of Jesus are historical facts. We can accept that that the death and, and resurrection of Jesus are historical facts. Many books have been written on that. But it goes beyond that. It doesn't transform your life to think of it as just history. Be transformed, continue in the grace of God. Now, this is, uh, this is Antioch, and Antioch is more Gentile than Jew. And so when this huge crowd, it says almost the whole town came, that means that there were far more Gentiles than Jews there. And that made the Jews react with jealousy or envy, it, it, depending upon your, how your translation puts it, it, is either jealousy or envy. And that word that is the word we get zeal from. Jealousy or envy is the word we get zeal from. Now, uh, you know what it means to do something with zeal? It means to do it with passion. To be zealous about something is to do something with, with great passion. These guys, these Jews were not only, and, and some of the, the Gentile converts, they were not just against what Paul and Barnabas were saying. They were passionately engaged in, in, against Jesus and against what Paul had to say. The, uh, the word it comes from a root. The, the Greek word comes from the root that means to boil. So they are literally hot. That's how we get the idea of zealous and, and zeal being passionate is because it comes from the a root word that means to boil. They were literally hot about what Paul was saying. Now, do we still see this? I think we've seen this through history. Because we've seen it in our study of Acts. We've seen that there are a bunch of, a lot of the Jews don't want the Gentiles to get the gospel, right? We don't want the Gentiles. No, it's, it's for us, not them. It's an us-not-them attitude. And throughout history, we have seen an us-not-them attitude. We've seen this. Entire religions are built upon the idea of us-not-them. We, we have the secret knowledge. We understand the Word of God better than you, and so it's us, not them. We've seen entire re- religions built on this idea. It shouldn't surprise us. Jesus said he came... To bring division in in Matthew 10. Starting in verse 34, he says, Don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And then he goes on to talk about division even among family members over his word. The word of God, the word of the Lord, as as it continually is said here, separates. It separates those who believe and those who do not those who accept and and, tra- and are transformed by it, and those who are not. The Word of God separates, and, and, and it separates us into passions. The followers of Jesus are passionate, as are those who are rejecting Jesus and rejecting the Word of God. They're just as passionate. So this idea, this, this passion that they... That, that it's us, not them. This passion, that, that it can't be true. That, that's how the word of God, the word of the Lord, separates. Now, I think it's interesting. Did you notice Paul says that these that rejected the word of God judged themselves not worthy of eternal life? Did you see that? That's really an interesting way to put it, isn't it? It, it, it doesn't say God has judged them. As unworthy of eternal life it says they have judged themselves as unworthy of eternal life what is Paul talking about there what does this mean he's talking about the choice we have a choice to make and our choice has consequences the choice of following Jesus has consequences the choice of rejecting Jesus has consequences that's what Paul is talking about. He's talking again about the choice. Because the offer of forgiveness and justification that he just talked about last week, that, that, is, that is open to anyone who will believe in Jesus. Anyone. But the choice is yours. The choice to decide to follow Jesus, not to just accept historical facts about, uh, about Jesus the man, but to follow Jesus as Savior and Lord, that's your choice—a choice you have to make. And when you choose against, you choose yourself, unworthy of eternal life. So, what do they do? The first thing they do is they attack the message, and then they attack the messenger. First, they attack the message. They they. Uh, Now, I want you to remember, these are the same people that just a few minutes ago, just last week, were saying, Paul, come talk to us again. We need to know more. We want more. Preach again next Sunday. And then they contradict him. They're trying to contradict him. They're trying to attack the message first. This has been done all through history. You know, the, the Bible, the Bible that we have right now is the most studied writing of all time. They have tried to, to take it apart historically. They have tried to take it apart uh, literal in 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 literally, I guess I could say. They have tried to take it apart in archaeology and it continues to prove itself true. God continues to prove this is his revealed will. It is the truth. He continues to show that. And so, when that when the attack against the message fails, then you go against the messenger, right? You attack the character of the messenger. What do they do? They start insulting him. They start stirring up people uh, to, to persecute him. They go after the, the messenger. They attack the message, they attack the messenger. Again, we still see this today because we, there are so many voices that say, well yeah, this, this Bible well it's written by man it's not God no it's, no, it's God it's the revealed will of God every single word it's, <clears throat> or they say, well it was written for a different time than ours no, it wasn't you don't think God saw the future you didn't we literally have the beginning and end here, don't we? We have the beginning of the world in Genesis and we have the end of the world in in Revelation. Where did we miss? How can it not be for our time? This is for our time, as much as it was for theirs. They attack the message. And then they attack the messenger if that doesn't work. They attack the character of the messenger. They, in our world today, they cancel them. Or they dox them. Or people are being fired from their jobs. Because of words they say. Words which are the word of God. So they they attack the message. They attack the messenger. But there's one more. There's one more reaction we see here. And that's rejoicing and honor. It's verse 48. The Gentiles rejoiced and honored the word of the Lord. This is far more than just a mental acceptance of some historical facts. You don't rejoice about some historical fact. You rejoice because you understand Jesus came and died for you. He came and died in your place on that cross. That's what what you rejoice. And then you honor the Word of God. You honor it because you know it to be the revealed will of God that's rejoicing and honoring that that we don't that that's that's really the only correct way to to react to the word of god this is the way that the word transforms you this is the way that that, that it transforms your life this is the way that it makes you different Be- you become a follower now these people that that were that were rejoicing. It says the Gentiles in particular. And some of these Gentiles were converts to Judaism. They had studied and they had and, and these that had studied Judaism, that were Gentiles and were becoming were converts to Judaism, they were at best second-class citizens, because they understood that, that this was a Jewish God, and so the, the Jews were the, were the chosen people. And so anybody else was second class to to God. Now, Paul says, no, no, no. In Jesus, there is no second class. Everyone's the same. Everyone is the same. And in fact, he even uses a quote from Isaiah. It was our our, uh, memory verse today. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. This is a quote from Isaiah 49, 6. And honestly, looking at this, is, you, could, you could question: is Paul talking about Jesus or is Paul talking about himself? And I think both are true. Jesus certainly came as a light to all of the world, all who would believe, Jew and Gentile alike. It doesn't matter what your pedigree is, it matters what your heart is. So it, so Jesus is the light. Of salvation to all who would believe including the Gentiles but you also see the shift here we know from the rest of the New Testament that Paul is is sent to the Gentiles to speak now I want you to think about this because would Paul be your choice to go to the Gentiles Paul was a Pharisee he was trained as a Pharisee don't you think that would be the perfect messenger for the Jews but that's not how God works. God sent him to the Gentiles. My opinion, it's because God wanted to show it wasn't about Paul's knowledge, it was about who Christ is. He wanted to to show the power of Christ in Paul, not Paul's knowledge, not Paul's study. So I think when he talks from from Isaiah 49:6 when he quotes this I think he's talking about both Jesus as the light of salvation to the Gentiles to the world and Paul being sent Paul himself being sent to the, to bring the light to the Gentile nations So what we get from all of this is it's still our choice It's still our choice we, when we encounter the word of God, we can make a mental note of, it. we can on the surface accept it, and it will not change your life. It will not transform you if you simply look at it as a historical fact. Or we can, we can react with jealousy or envy passionately against what we read passionately against what we hear. Or we can attack the message or the messenger. We can we can say when we encounter the word of the Lord, we can say, well this it just didn't apply, this applied to that day, it doesn't apply to this day, or or this just doesn't apply to me at all, or or attack the messenger. I you know the, the character of the guy who's preaching this isn't great. Let me tell you, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm no better than you. I am nothing but a sinner saved by grace, trying desperately to follow my call from God. That's it. As I, Jill and I were talking about it again this morning, my favorite quote. I am a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. That's who I am. So you can attack, the, but, but the, the messenger can be attacked. Or you can rejoice and honor the word of the Lord. The only one of these that transforms your life is to rejoice and honor the word of the Lord. That's how, that's how you are literally transformed by the power of the word of God. What's your choice? What choice do you make among these I asked you this morning did you come expecting to hear from God today because if we don't come expecting to hear from God we may not we need to come expecting to hear from God knowing that we are going to encounter him in his word and we are going to be transformed today I'm going to ask that you bow your heads Are you being transformed? Are you continuing in the grace of God, as Paul said? Are you being transformed by the Holy Spirit working through the word of the Lord? Do you need to accept this morning Christ as Savior and Lord, not just as a historical figure? You can. It's a simple prayer. We just simply start by saying, God, I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've I've done things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know that the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on that cross in my place. He paid the price I owe. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. Debt paid in full. And I ask you to come into my life and transform me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but as you look back over this week and, and the verses you've read, they made no effect on your life at all. Will you make a commitment this morning to be transformed? by the Word of God, to rejoice in it and honor it and continue in the grace of God. We make that commitment to God right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this, your Word. We thank you that you are in the business of miracles, in the business of transforming us into what you intend. Keep the the word of the Lord in our hearts, in our minds, on our lips. Transform us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.